Alright, Jesus Christ, it's fucking been like 20 tries. I've been able to get the podcast down. I think it's because I tried to break my pattern of walking and podcasting. I was like, bro, it's too cold out. My hips f- still fucking healing. Got that, broke that hip. Not break it, I fractured it. So I was like, I'm gonna do some indoor pods, but I can't do the indoor pod. Like, if you're not walking, there's no reason to keep talking, I feel like, for me. I just talk for 15 minutes and be like, oh, this sucks and stop. But, um, and then another problem is I keep thinking about, that's a problem. When you do a podcast with somebody else, fucking, um, you're discovering what they think. So, like, even if you read the book and you have all these ideas about the book, in the process of talking to somebody, you're going to, um probably be led away from whatever you were thinking you were going to talk about but um and when you're talking by yourself and you just take the quotes of what you want to talk about like the 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 the, the passages that you that you most fucked with then there's also that element of discovery um or if there's like a book like with the motherhood podcast i did that's like a specific question that's being discussed. Car just went by. It's early. It's like 5:30. I can see the moon. It's been it snowed all yesterday. It's February 21st, Thursday. Um, it snowed all yesterday and it rained a bunch, so it's just slush. But um, what was I saying? Yeah. Then, right. So then, when you go in and just talk, yeah. So if it's a book with like a really distinct kind of intellectual idea not intellectual idea but ideas discussing then you can kind of go at it talk you know go at it looking at the um the question that's being posed like in the case of motherhood like childbirth or whatever um but the books i've been reading lately I haven't really... Well, anyway, fuck it. I'm talking about Bolaño's book. New Bolaño, old Bolaño, newly published Bolaño. Um, fuck, man. Oh, what am I talking about? Yeah, let's, let's, let's get into that in a second, but I want to talk about... Um, I really got to just start fucking... Uh, reaching out to people and having conversations again because I can't do this on my own but uh, yeah I guess I've been thinking a lot about um, nah I've just been hit with a lot of health shit and uh there's a fucking hip, so I can't walk places. That's usually how I just... I mean, I can, but I can't walk for too long, or... I'm supposed to rest. I'm supposed to be walking on crutches, but I'm not walking on crutches. But, um... And then... Yeah, just dealing with this, like, inflammation. This skin inflammation. And I just have to cut out all the things that usually I rely on to make me talk fast. Like, caffeine. So... It's hard for me to talk. Um, oh, got a new story out. Um, 
from a little online lit journal, Soft Cartel. Put that link in the description. Anyone wants to let me know what they think of it, or I don't know. Gotta plug something. I gotta do some plug, some plug, plug shit in the beginning of the app. Um, man, this is not good. This is not good content. Um, fuck. All right, let's 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 pull out the notes. So, yeah, they came out with a new Bolaño. I didn't know there was a new Bolaño. I've read an old Bolaño. Finally got, took me like six months last year to get through uh, the Unknown University, which was all his collected poems from when he was in his 20s. Does anyone not know who Bolaño is? Bolaño? Excuse just Wikipedia, that shit, but... Um, published 10 books in his life, 94 to 2000, no, 93 to 2003. Died at the age of 50 in 2003. <sighs> um, then they just been finding all all these books in his, you know, in his desk, his proverbial desk. Just been cranking them out since. Um, yeah, that was another thing. So this is an early one. It was kind of like, um, oh, fuck. It was kind of like a precursor to Savage Detectives, which was his second to last book, where it's just kind of about all these young poets running around, running around at Mexico City in the early 20s. Um, so that was good to get back into um, that mode. That was the first Bolaño I read. I mean, you know, it's interesting reading. I just turned 28 last week, so it was interesting reading Bolaño. Now it was kind of like a weird reflection on like the version of myself that like probably made a lot of life choices, depending, <laughs> like, depending on Bolaño. Like, when I first read Savage Detectives, I was like, okay, I don't want to go to school anymore. This is all I need to be reading now. So, I left school, and I was just going to read all Bologna, and that's what I did. And then I came back to school, and I was like, oh, I could just write about all Bologna I read. And then, uh, where the fuck is my phone? Um... Um, but um, yeah, it was interesting because it was like it also made me realize that it was one of those things where like you could see the early version, you could see the early version of stories he told in later books. Um, but like retold them. So it was like he had all these stories in his head and he wrote a whole book and then talked about him but then like set it away and then went and uh, wrote him in a later version. I'm just stopping by this Rite Aid parking lot. Put my fucking gloves on because it's cold. It's like 35 degrees. Um, yeah, that kind of that kind of alleviated some of this anxiety about like the idea of like you just gotta keep writing new stuff 
Well, it's a weird thing, right? Because it's like on the one hand, they got they're pulling out all these books, all these books from um, that he wrote earlier in his life before he started publishing in his 40s, and you know, <sighs> zip up the parka. Um, and, and in a way, you're like, oh, he was writing this whole time, and he kind of had this whole world, this whole world he created. It's like inter, you know, it's like interconnected world. Like, there's just like different, you know, events. Clearly, different events in his life. Um, and uh, just sort of ideas that he was just developing by himself. And in a way, you're like, oh, that's like. It kind of alleviates this anxiety of feeling like you gotta be putting stuff out constantly or something or be professionalizing your art. But then it's also this weird thing where it kind of, and he rails, it's like the, always a thing with reading Blondie where like he rails against this idea of like artists and like poets that are like careerist and like self-satisfied and just trying to like circle jerk their way into some form of recognition. Um, and, and, and he's always, like, so adamant that, like, I think at one point he says in his book, like, like, he's so adamant that, like, um, the artistic endeavor is a failed endeavor. Like, you, it's like, don't forget that, you know, so don't get it twisted. Like, this shit is gonna end in fucking nothing, you know? But then you're reading these books and they did, you know, they excavated all these, all, all these, you're reading these books that he published after he died and you're like, he, oh, there, it was like, you know, it's, it gives you that false sense of idea that like, oh, this is not all for naught. This is not all futile, you know, the artistic grind or whatever. Um, because, you know, because look, Bolaño published these books, but then, you know, that's sort of like completely counter to his whole thing. So that's always a weird thing when you're reading Bolaño, but I still think, but then when you think about it enough, it's not like he's reaping the benefits from it, and maybe his kids are, but like, it's not like he's reaping the benefits for his books getting published after he dies, so it still is, uh, yeah, I feel like his message kind of stands, like, yeah, he talks about, um, his message still kind of stands, um, because he says, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. This like he's so adamant about the uselessness of art. So like, um, I'm gonna get into like going over the new book, like with like for someone who hasn't read it, try to make it interesting. But but before I, before I leave this thread that I just got on, um, he uh, like so there's there's images and there's so he was writing this book, The Unknown University, which is the last the last the last book that I read, or this collection of poetry, all through his 20s, and he wrote this book when he was 31, so there's a lot of crossover, and the book actually ends with this poem, with this whole section about him, about the main character, the first person character, R Remo, Remo, um, going to this bathhouse with this, with this girl, Laura, who they kind of have like a, you know, like a budding love relationship going, they go to the bathhouse. And it's actually, I was like, I work, what I, and it's actually a poem from Unknown University. It's called Mexican Manifesto. But anyway, so that led me um, to go back to my notes from Unknown University. 
um, which is funny. I always take all the, I, I go through the book, lately I've been doing this thing, and that's why I'm doing these podcasts, going through the books that I read, going and finding all the passages that I marked up, transcribing them. It's like ridiculous. I, literally, my life is a joke. I don't have a fucking job. I just write notes. I just read books and then, and then copy and then just, I don't even, I haven't been writing new shit. I don't even write new, I just write other people's words into a word document. I don't know why, I don't even know why I'm doing it. But, but, and, and, and every time I do, I'm always like, well, what if I, then I can give this book away and then like, I'll have all the parts I need. But then I never fucking give any books away. But then I actually did give this book away to my cousin. Eric last month because I just because he I don't know he hasn't read much Bolaño but he's more poetry inclined and it was actually a great gift because he was trying to learn Spanish and it has both the Spanish and the English anyway I'm glad I gave it to him but then of course as soon as I give book away this is like the perfect example of needing to go go back to the book that I gave away because it's referencing this. You know, this is like the thing you're scared of when you read it. You know, you're like, oh, I can't give this away because then I'm going to need it. Like, when are you going to need it? But they actually did need it. Um, but then, um, I'm making any fucking sense. I don't even know. But then luckily I had all the notes. So I basically, I went back and I was like, yeah, I was checking. And I was like, this is straight up the same shit. Like, they ended this, he ended this book. Or Natasha or, you know, his whoever edited it ended the book with this Mexican manifesto poem which is just about them going to the bathhouse um, but then it led me into some other passages like there's all this stuff about like excuse me motorcycle anyway anyway uh, but then so I try I, I have this one document now that's in my phone that's um, all the quotes from my most recent reading of this book, but then it also has other stuff and there has there's this whole rant about to get into Blanya's idea of like the uselessness or his whole yeah the, um, about the futility simultaneously the futility the futi- his adamance on the fut- is that adamance the adamancy on the futility of art, but then also how adamant he is about pursuing art and the courage of pursuing art or artistic life or whatever, you know, the fucking art life, you know what I'm saying? Um, so like, um, this poem is called The Donkey. Um, it's like, so here's just some passages. Like sometimes I dream that and there's like basically there's like this this they one dude drives it's like these two poets two friends living in Mexico City in, in the spirit of science fiction. I mean, said the title of the book this whole time, Spirit of Science Fiction. That's what it's called. And they get like a motor. He has like a motorcycle, and then they buy another motorcycle. And it's all stuff about motorcycle. Like I, I gotta write some shit about that. I can't talk about why the motorcycle. I don't have this idea of like the motorcycle is like the modern day horse. Like, back in the day, people rode horses, but now, like, that's, like, a motorcycle or, like, a bike, you know what I mean, versus walking. Whereas a car is, like, a whole different thing. A car is, like, an enclosed space. But a motorcycle, a bike, and a horse is a way of, like, moving in a more 
and you know it's like he has all this like gaucho stuff like you know like like cowboy shit anyway but and this this poem is called the donkey but it's all about the, this motorcycle so he goes like sometimes i dream this is a poem from page 697 of of an um sometimes i dream that mario santiago it's his friend who i think one of the characters is based off of that was what his friend was based off of in Savage, Ulysses Lima was based off of his friend in Savage Detectives, but he has different names in here, but I think it's kind of, well, we'll get into that in a second. Um, so he talks about chasing the unnamed, an unnameable dream, the dream of our youth, which is say the bravest of, of all our dreams, but hold on, it goes, uh, always headed north, yeah, the unnameable and useless dream of courage. That you, so he goes. Uh, and sometimes I I think I see a black bike like a donkey disappearing down the dirt roads of Zacatecas and Coahuila on the outer limits of the dream, and without quite knowing its meaning, its ultimate significance. I still understand its music, a cheerful farewell song. Okay, it's right here. And maybe they're gestures of courage, saying adios without resentment or bitterness, at peace with their total futility and with ourselves. They're the little acts of defiance that are useless. Here, right here. The little acts of defiance that are useless, or that years of custom made us think useless. Waving hello, making enigmatic signals to us with their hands. Um, that is the the unrestrained longing of our ignorance, but it is also our hope and our courage, an unnameable and useless courage for sure. But just the idea of like useless courage. Oh no. Um, I'm getting derailed. Yeah, so it was comforting. It was <laughs> I just read all of that. I don't think I even made any sense, but um But that's central to Barnum's idea. He's like so Especially in the Savage Detectives and how it relates and how this book is like a first, like an earlier first draft version of Savage Detectives. I'm just walking. I want to walk towards the river. I'm going to try to make it towards the river. It's cold as shit. Ooh, I'm walking by the hospital right here. Bro, I was, I was, I was locked up in this hospital last, last month when shit really hit the fan with my skin for fucking five days. And, I, and for the first four days, I had, I like, had low-key had no idea where I was. Like, where, like, because I was just on, like, the fucking sixth floor of this hospital. And I looked out into a courtyard. Oh, it's that building. But then, fucking, the last couple days, I looked into, um, I looked on the Google Maps. And I was like, oh, I'm, like, right by my house. Because I went to a different spot first. And then came, got transferred. Anyway be out of the institution now um but yeah so that's central to blind's idea someone's unloading some boxes into the hospital um where it's like yeah he's like so adamant that like all these poets are so adamant that that, that this is the life you know what i'm saying read grind live fuck go out into the unknown you know what i'm saying um grind um 
but then but then they totally make fun of motherfuckers who think that art that poetry and art is important in some some professional careerist status way you know what I mean so it's kind of like it's you know that, that's 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 the allure of Bologna for me where it's like yeah, so it's like it's no, it's not gonna, it's not gonna save you. Like it's not gonna, it's not gonna fucking mean anything. But like you, you still do it, you know. Like there's a part in, but yeah. So, um, So that comes out a couple times in the spirit of science fiction. Um, it's these two guys, uh, Jan, Jan, J-A-N, and Remo. And uh, it cycles between, um, and one of these dudes, Jan, so it's like first person from Remo's perspective, but then the Jan section goes back and forth. I don't think I'm saying that right. Jan, it's probably Jan. Um, um, he's just writing all these letters to um, to all these authors he likes, and it's just like the letters transcribed. So it's like he writes like I don't think many of my missives, my letters, will reach their destination, but it's my duty to hope with all my might and keep sending them. So there's that same idea. It's not I don't you know it's like this uh, fatalism, but the courage is to the courage is to acknowledge the the, the futility. And continue nonetheless in your pointless grind to to keep evolving and keep creating and keep whatever. It's turning into goddamn motivational speech. But um, and then in another conversation, he goes, uh, "Dude, I already gave enough examples of that idea." But it was it was it was definitely comforting to read that idea of being comforted by this unique object, this unique art object. It's something I just want to touch on real quick. Um, yeah, fuck. You know, honestly, this idea is the idea I've been trying to go in on every time I've tried to podcast in the couple weeks that I've been off. It's, it's that birthday anxiety when you turn a new age. You're like, fuck, I can't. Um, and it's just, yeah, it's just being derailed by how shit. But, um, I guess because so much of, of how my my health situation currently with this inflammation gets fucked up is based on uh, what what I guess you just call like anxiety or stress. You know, it's like um, it's like whatever. It's like it's an inability to regulate your fucking cortisol levels and shit and. Uh, getting 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 in your body just gets inflamed so as much as it's about I'm walking down an alley I don't know why there's so many cars pulling up if I can get louder and louder I might need to try to get south of market I might need to move I'm getting into pen country though it's not the move um, but uh, yeah it's just so much based on anxiety regulating anxiety and stress and um I guess I just had this epiphany, like, where... Sort of the point of... Of, read, of, of reading and, and giving your attention to these super unique... 
unique, private, you know, art objects, you know, just reading, reading widely and finding, you know, these, finding books, obscure books, it doesn't need to be obscure, but, I mean, there's something so private about the reading process and finding things that comfort you in a specific way, like, the, the point of it is it's often, because, like, when we just go about our days and are hit with, like, all these cultural, these mainstream cultural ideas of what we need to do to be okay and constantly seeing stuff about power and status and, um, you know, things that are, like, you're not aligning with, like, the common modes of, yeah, success, you know? So it's all just based on power. It's like how, you know, getting, getting, you know, getting whatever. Then you just kind of feel shitty. And, like, I don't know, like, just for me right now, like, just being derailed by health stuff, like, not being able to work since, like, fucking August last year. Um, yeah, just, like, getting hit with all these ideas of, like, I don't know. It, it all started when, um, I was, uh, yeah, my hands were doing this really weird thing with the skin where they were, like, like, I had a, they, they were, like, peeling all crazy, and they were, like, getting really thick, and it's all fucked up, and I, I was, like, I thought I was doing something wrong. I thought I was, like, eating something wrong, or whatever, and, uh, I got linked up with a new dermatologist lately, and I was telling her about it, and she was checking in with her, and she was just like, no, 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 that's, that's, that's normal, like, that'll pass, like, that's just a, not, that's just a process that happens after you have an inflammation breakout, and, and just the idea, just, the, and I don't know, it, it was like, it was like, I, I got, like, really emotional after that conversation, because I was like, it was such a relief, you know? just someone to tell you, like, no, 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 how you are right now is okay, you know, and, um, I don't know, I just feel like that's so important, I feel like that's so important, um, to have a wide range, and that, and then I was rereading Sam Pink, I was rereading Sam Pink, and, uh, I was reading The Garbage Times, why Ibis. I don't want to podcast about that. I probably have to talk to someone about it because I don't, I don't really have, I don't, I don't write notes on that because it's just, it's all notes. It's all noteworthy, every fucking line. But, um, and, you know, he's just like, however fucking old he is, he has like 10 books out or whatever and he's still fucking writing hilarious ass scenes about like running out of money and trying to get bullshit jobs and like being like, fuck that, I don't want a bullshit job. And I don't know, that was like, that was my epiphany where like, that's why some books are so comforting is because it gives like it gives you a unique look into somebody else's private life and and then you know carry and it kind of or I don't know that's why it can be so comforting it's like it's just like no how you are right now just having more unique representations of different modes anyway I'm getting way off base but um yeah with, with my dermatologist yeah it was and it was just like uh I don't know, it's just more and more research I do about what I'm going through health-wise. It's like, there isn't that, 
there isn't a specific like there isn't some answer that has to do with like some secret I don't know like the fact that it has a lot to do with stress and anxiety and and how that can and, and like your outlook and kind of like if someone was sending me something about cortisol levels and it's had, had something about catastrophizing situations like you have a health situation that's already difficult but then if you catastrophize it or you get anxiety about the fact that you're going through that it just exacerbates it to such an extreme degree you know so I guess that's also why I've been podcasting where it's like I have such an intense cycle of or pattern of getting up being up at night and fucking what is this podcast turning into i don't even know what i'm talking about anymore but um just you know caffeinating getting lit and like kind of facing that feel facing those feelings of like inadequacy head on and trying to like make something out of you know make something out of you know crates yeah but that's i don't know like so i've just been kind of being like no it's okay that i'm not doing anything and i'm just like I can't do anything right now. I don't know if this is, who else is going through this right now. People are probably all working. They're like clicked on this Melania pod. Fuck is this? Man? Let's get into this shit. Anyway, that's some kind of shit I've been thinking about. But um, some of the stuff I've been thinking about. But um, and I guess it ties to that Bologna idea of um, reckoning the futility of your project and going forth with it nonetheless and um yeah did I finish that thread I'm just walking back and forth down this little alley cause it's all quiet but um so yeah he's like mentioning the unknown university here, which is interesting but okay so yeah so Remo and Jan, Jan and Jose Arco. Um, there's just like three young poets, and the main dude Remo, who's like speaking in the first person, is yeah. They're all just like running around, living on a rooftop. Um, but this dude, this dude, Yan, I, I feel weird saying Yan. I feel like she, I'm just gonna say Jan. Jan, um, Jan, that's German, though. but, um, yeah, it's interesting where you have this one dude who's, like, cooped up, Jan, who's, like, cooped, Jan, who's cooped up, writing letters all the time, and he just keeps cutting his letters to all these different science fiction writers, um, and then it cuts, and then it goes between that and Remo, who's, like, more out and about, but, um, I was kind of trying to parse through it and be like, which one is Bologna? But I thought Remo, I thought the one who was more out and about was Bologna because he tells the story of going to the bathhouses with this girl, Laura, who, and that's included in uh, the Unknown University, that's his like poems. But then, at the end, he signs the last letter saying that it's the alias of Roberto Anyway, um, 
here's some quotes that I I marked as significant. I'll just read them and then see. Um, yeah, so nothing really, like, what's the plot? Nothing really happens. They're running around. Um, they keep mentioning kind of cycles between the letters that he's sending, that Jan is sending, that Jan is sending to the um, science fiction writer, and then uh, stories about like meeting up with different poets at like coffee shops and stuff, kind of like Savage Detectives that Remo narrates, and then these conversations that as it goes, it's like these dialogue conversations, it just cycles through these little sections, these little styles, that it kind of becomes apparent is... Um, I think it's between the two. I think they live together, Remo and Jan. And they're talking about this book that he's writing. So it's like, what's this? Tell me more about this book you're writing. And then they go into that. Um, but said uh, Jan never left his room. Left the room. He spent all day there doing God knows what. He did go out to the toilet or the shower that we shared other roof tenants. Sometimes he went down to take a walk along Insurgentes, two blocks at most, moving slowly and, and seeming to sniff around for something. And very soon he was back. Meanwhile, I was lonely. I needed, needed to meet other people. Um, that's page 19. Yeah, I guess it just kind of shows our dynamic. I don't know why exactly I marked that. Maybe I'm feeling like I'm cooped up all day long, so that reminded me of that. Um, hmm. Motorcycles. Okay, Jose Arco is the other homie who uh, has a motorcycle. Um, page 3738. Jose Arco muttered incomprehensible things, assumed that you knew what he was talking about, had trouble explaining his stories, talked as if desperation and happiness were the same thing, a single territory. The site of his homeland. I guess that's odd. Yeah, that just... I guess sometimes I talk comprehensively. That just reminded me of that. We were the same age, 21. He had studied sociology and philosophy and hadn't gotten a degree in either. An illness, which he didn't like to talk about, had caused him to drop out of school. He had spent four months in the hospital. Hmm, I guess I was just about uh, being in the hospital. Uh, Bro, this is just like, I just read Bologna, and I don't really have anything to say about it. Um,
Oh, I like this part. Page 69. Um, just about unique semi-sexual relationships that aren't necessarily sexual. Uh, her relationship with Jose Arco, despite appearances, was completely atypical. I never knew and never asked whether they had slept together. This is Remo talking. Maybe they had, maybe they hadn't. I don't think it matters. It's common knowledge that Teresa came to hate Jose Arco, which I presume means that at some point she loved him. There's one thing that tells you all you need to know about Teresa. Hey, why did I like that line? She came to... There's one thing you need that tells you all you need to know about Teresa. She would never lend you a book. And if you made the mistake of loaning her one, as Jose Arco did a thousand times at least, you could bet anything could bet anything that you would never see it again, or if you did, it would be in her bookcase. Blonde wood with mahogany streaks and knots. Very pretty, very elegant. Uh, classic Blanya passage. But, um, yeah, I guess it was idea there. That they had it Maybe it was irrelevant because they slept together. I mean, I like that. I don't know. Where am I going? Just, I don't know. This is Starbucks. Alright, I'm gonna try to go all the way. I'm not gonna go to the river. It gets too loud. It gets, this happens every time. It gets too blown close to the city. I don't wanna go that far. But, um. Alright. Poor, naive reporter, you actually predict a bright future for art. You don't realize that this is a trap. Page 78. Exactly what I'm talking about. It's all fucking futile, bro. Alright. Okay. There's this whole part where the two boys... I think it's Jose Arco and Remo go talk to this old ass dude to ask him and they and they have this like whole conversation they get drunk it's it's kinda like oh I can come back on this alley fuck yeah it's kinda like the part in a Savage there's all these recurring parts of Savage Detectives where they're talking to this old ass dude about uh and they're just drinking and talking about I don't know like all kinds of poets and like lost literary magazines and stuff but um this felt like an earlier version of it, but, um... Oh yeah, they're talking about the rise of literary magazines in Mexico. Suddenly there's like all these literary magazines. I think that's what they're discussing. And, uh... They're just kind of rambling about it about whether it's all these magazines are real art or not. So, his name is Dr. Caravajal. And he goes, uh... Six hundred literary magazines? It depends on what you call a magazine and how you define literature. 
More than a quarter of these magazines are really a few sheets of paper photocopied and stapled in runs of 20 at best, sometimes fewer. Literature? According to me, yes. According to Octavio Paz, for example, no. Scribbles, shadows, diary entries, sentences as mysterious as a telephone directory. From a professor's perspective, they're a distant jet trail, a faint echo of a nameless future. From a policeman's perspective, they're not even anything subversive. No matter who you ask, they're essentially texts outside the realm of literary history. Scribbles, diary entries. Again, we're getting that same idea. All these motherfuckers cranking out these little poems. And you know, professor would be like, nah, that ain't art. But you know what? Fuck you, it's art, but it also isn't art. But it is. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Oh yeah. I wrote lit mags have eyes, but then like they're all lit at the fucking drinking. I think they're drinking. Maybe that's just in South Texas with this old dude. And uh, he. Okay, so wait. Was there anything to say about that last passage? Yeah, you know it's like. He's like, everyone's grinding, putting these poems out, these stories out, outside of literary history. He's... Yeah. He's just playing with the idea of, idea of like, fucking being remembered and shit, like, through art. Obviously, the irony is that we are reading, I'm reading his book that was fucking, he wrote a 31 and just stashed his bookcase, but... Nah, you know what, though? It's like, I think also the message of that, the whole idea of, like, the futility of art, then, it's like... It's like, I got... It ultimately has a... The way he talks about it ultimately has a, um... What's it called? invigorating or encouraging effect on me. I feel like on like the reader, at least the way I read it. Um, we by the ICA right now. Gotta go check out that gallery and the was lit. But um Yeah, because it's like if it doesn't matter, if it doesn't matter, then if you're not writing in order to get recognized, then why are you stressing? Or if that's, why are you stressing about the shit you've written? Just write new stuff and revel in the process of creating. That's like Bud Smith I'm reading. I'm reading the new Bud Smith. I gotta finish this podcast and I'm really dive in. I'm like 30 days in or 50 days in. But, um, what does he say about that? I tweeted about it, so I should, I'm going to pull that up real quick. SD Conroe, follow me on Twitter. Just kidding. Um, Bud Smith says, from his book, Work, Work, Work. Writing isn't a precious thing, and I'm not in eternal search of keeping what I do holy or built up out of shimmering gems. I don't eat, um, 
The great American novel doesn't know it's the great American novel until it's been out a hundred years, and the woman or man who wrote it is dead. Who cares about the great American novel, okay? Art isn't something you should protect yourself from. Just run toward it full spirit and embrace how ridiculous your ideas are. How unguarded, how close to something a child might think of, lying in their back in a field overgrown with weeds, the sights and, the, and sounds of the rotating world revealing itself to you or not. Yeah, it's a similar vibe there, but um, anyway, let's keep moving. That was page 132. Oh, that was from page 20 of work, but the earlier quote was 132, The Spirit of Science Fiction. Um, oh yeah, and I also gotta say, it's, this is also these new books that are out are translated by Natasha Wimmer is a different translation translator than some of his early New Direction books she did, but she's just such a I don't know her whenever she translated it just feels so lit I don't know but uh, oh yeah so he said this is I just wrote the lit, lit mags have eyes the magazines I think yeah so they're still talking to this old dude uh, Ramo the two young 21 year old poets or bros who read poetry. The magazines scattered the magazines in this guy, Dr. Caraballo's old guy's office or house, wherever they are. The magazines scattered on the table that separated our armchairs from our host's wooden chair seemed as skeletal as the prisoners of Nazi concentration camps. Like those emaciated figures, or like the photographs we see of them. I mean, they were black and white and had big hollow eyes. I thought, they have eyes, they're looking at us. Then, feigning a, feigning a calm that I suddenly didn't feel, I said, they do look pretty pathetic, and right away felt like an idiot. This idea of the lit bags having eyes, I don't know, it's cause it's like, it doesn't matter. Maybe this one is doesn't matter according to the standard barometers of success and recognition and ha and, and uh, or maybe this all maybe it does matter maybe if something gets recognized it does mean it's good art because we're yeah wait, okay well at least what I think is being said here is like Like all these, all these motherfuckers out here putting out little pamphlets, sending them out. It's like, um, you know, it's whatever. It's outside, excuse me, of the realm of literary history. In that sense, like pointless. But then when he talks, it says a line like this about them having eyes. It's kind of like, I don't know, the souls of all those poems still matter. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Sometimes I'm like, well, the whole point is people responded to Blanya when he came out to Savage Detectives. And the fact of people responding to the work of art is what validates it, is what makes it good. You know what I mean? That's a tough one. That's not, anyway. <sighs> Jesus. Fucking cold out. See what I'm doing for this part.
podcast walking around got a cold 6.14 a.m. Um, oh yeah, this is this crazy ass long part. Um, so they're talking about all these magazines taking hold in Mexico City and then and then the old dude goes in this whole story about like classic volumes old story about uh, this village where like no one knew anything about woodworking and then woodworking is introduced and then suddenly everyone's fucking woodworking and got tools and shit and uh across the street and then uh city bro seems my is better <sighs> the villages alright well yeah that's just kind of like a it's kind of like an analogy of writing I guess I don't know if we're working not tending to the field Villagers worked their fields in the days. Shepherds have lost interest in our flocks. Um, <clears throat> I gotta reread that before I talk about that. that I like images that I like you know like, I think they they're staying up all night and then headed home and it's just kind of the image of the city waking up I like this passage right here um, we headed toward the center of the city taking our time the air finally cleared my head it was nice to ride along on my bike and watch the streets and windows begin to wake up People who'd been out all night drove their cars home or wherever, and workers drove their cars to work or piled into the vans or waited for the buses that would take them to work. The geometric landscape of the neighborhoods, even the colors, had a provisional look, filigreed and full of energy. And if you sharpened your gaze and a certain latent madness, you could feel sadness in the form of flying sparks Speedy Gonzalez is slipping along the great arteries of Mexico City for no reason at all, or for some secret reason. Not a melancholy sadness, but a devastating paradoxical sadness that cried out for life, radiant life, wherever it might be. Oh, I don't know, man. Yeah, there's a, there's a sadness to it, too. About, uh idea of everyone grinding. No, I don't know. That's just kind of a sad. That's just made me kind of sad for right now for some reason. Um, come on, grind. The last quote from this. 
There's this funny ass thing where they take, they need a table in their fucking apartment, so they take all the books and they make a table out of the books. They just stack up all the all the all the books and put a tablecloth on it and use it. That's a thing Barney does a lot, like to kind of demystify the sanctity of books and art. And these images, you always have these funny images like using books for other things. And I like that idea of using books because it's like, I mean, sometimes books are everything. And a lot of times for Bologna, like, you know, like you said, that earlier quote, the girl not giving, uh, Teresa not giving any books back ever. It's like books are the most sacred thing ever, but then sometimes you gotta just like, you gotta laugh at art, you know, you gotta just use that book for a table. But they make the book table and they invite one of their girlfriends over, I can't remember who it was. And she kind of, she goes, books should be on bookshelves, neatly organized, ready to be read or consulted. You can't treat them this way. Like Meccano pieces or vulgar bricks. Jan, that's what she said. And then Jan argued that many city dwellers under siege had relieved their hunger by masticating, by chewing up the pages of books. In Sevastopol in 1942, a young writer had ingested a good chunk of Proust's In Search of Lost Time in the original French. <laughs> 168. That shit's just funny, bro. Um, yeah. So they just, they just dig around, talk about books and shit, and then, uh, fuck, and then at the end there's this crazy ass poem. There's crazy ass. It's like a yeah scene where they go to the bathhouse, but um yeah it was it was lit. I always love reading Bologna. You know. Now I read it all though. It's sad, but uh oh yeah. So I went back and found some quotes from the Unknown University, which was sort of from this era of poems he wrote, and uh, there's just some poems that were super real. Um. This is called Prose from Autumn in Girona, 469 of uh, Unknown University. It just reminds me of my situation now because I'm all fucked up. I can't do anything. Bro, I spent all my 20s just doing whatever the fuck I wanted, sleeping outside, doing whatever, you know, and now I'm like an old ass man walking around the cane. I can't do shit. But uh, I just turned 28, but I just found this poem. It's kind of funny. The real situation. I was alone in my house. I was 28. I'd just come back from a summer spent working outside the province, and the rooms were full of cobwebs. I no longer had a job, and my money, really stretching it, could last me four months, and I had no hope of finding another job. That is real. Um, down to the post office. Every day I masturbate. I devote a large... Oh, this block is really noisy. Um, I devote a large part of my morning to cooking food for the rest of the week. I kill time sitting, flipping through magazines. 
flipping through magazines. I try over repeated cups of coffee to convince myself that I'm in love. What is this fucking thing right here? They're like fans. I have a fresh closer. I try over repeated cups of coffee to convince myself that I'm in love. But the lack of tenderness, of a certain kind of tenderness, suggests the contrary. The other day I couldn't do any, I was like, I gotta read, I gotta write, and then I was like, and then I started getting all stressed out, and started like sweating and like, and like kind of spazzing out. Like I can't drink more than one cup of coffee now or I spaz out, my body spazzes out. So I had to just calm down. So I just like literally was just doing nothing. I was just doing a crossword for like two hours. I was just doing, a, that was my daily, right? I was doing a fucking crossword. All right, the poem continues. Now, at 28, paradise has drifted away and the only thing I can see is a close-up of a young man with all of his attributes, fame, money, in other words, the ability to speak for himself, to move, to want, huh? I felt empty, no desire to write, and when I tried, unable to sit still for more than an hour in front of a blank sheet of paper. Uh, the first few days after getting home, I didn't even bathe. I'm bathing. And soon enough, I got used to the spiders because they're spiders there. My activities were reduced to going down to the post office where on rare occasion I found a letter from my sister from Mexico and going to the store to buy scraps for the dog. Damn, bruh. Anyway, I thought that was funny turning 28. So then, basically, I didn't write down any quotes from the last section of this, the spirit of science fiction of this book, but I found my notes from the poem, from the poem that I thought was based on it, but I think it's actually the same poem, but translated differently. But, um, so I just copied those over here. It's called Mexican Manifesto. It's classic. One in thirty-one. He writing. He ain't writing a novel. He's writing a fucking manifesto. You know what I'm saying? I really think that's a good energy now too. Like you got enough people going around saying what you're supposed to say. Someone come through with a manifesto, bro. Like some new shit. Someone come through. Think of some individual shit and, and say that shit, bro. I'm tired of these. All right, I'm done. So, yeah, so, I think he actually, I think Laura's with somebody else, and then Remo kind of just swoops on her, they got a connection, but, um, I remember when I first read this poem, I actually took a picture of it and sent it to someone, because I really liked it, but, um, ends on this really good energy it's like it's like young 21 damn bro i'm so old now he turns 21 he's just 21 and meets 
strolling around, other young poets meets a friend of a friend, Laura, immediately they're like, whew, let's get it. They just go around, they just troll around Mexico City exploring fucking in bathhouses. That's their move. And getting into, there's the whole weird thing, there's all this steam. Two dudes come in there, they're all jerk, they're jerking each other off. Wild stuff. Um, but then, anyway, it ends kind of ambiguously. But, uh, Alright, I'm just gonna read the parts that I felt inclined to type up. Together, riding the Benelli, which were everything then, we attempted to visit all the baths in Mexico City, guided by, I underlined this, an absolute eagerness, which was a combination of love and play. I love that. An absolute eagerness, which was a combination of love and play. You know what? Fuck what you, Welbeck says. Love is just eagerness and play. <laughs> um, Couples, after passing each other a few times in the hallways of the bathhouses, felt obliged to greet one another. This was due to a kind of heterosexual solidarity. Women in many bathhouses were an absolute minority, and it wasn't uncommon to hear extravagant stories of attacks and harassment, even though, truth is, those tales weren't very credible. Okay, um... Okay, later on. And then she started smiling, Laura, again. Not a mocking smile, not as if she were enjoying herself, but a territorial smile, a knotted smile somewhere between a sensation of beauty and misery. But not beauty and misery, per se, but little beauty and little misery. Those are capitalized paradoxical dwarves, traveling and incomprehensible dwarves. Relax, it's just the steam, Laura said. They're just losing it. Blanya gets so fucking funny at me sometimes. Who thinks they're right that? Alright, um... Alright, I'm just gonna finish this. I don't even know why I wrote this down. Obviously there was no shortage of other incidents. Desperate guys racing down hallways. An attempt at statutory rape. A raid we were able to avoid by luck and cunning. Cunning, Laura's. Luck, the bronze solidarity of bathers. From the sum total of all the establishments, now just an amalgam that gets confused with Laura's face, smiling, we mind the certainty of our love. Ah. Alright. might be all I got. What a all over the place episode. I really, I'm gonna start emailing people. I'm gonna try to get some, some people to talk because what was that? I don't fucking know. But, um, yeah. <sighs> Link that story I wrote. Put it in the description even though it doesn't matter. And it's futile. And, uh, Keep writing stories and keep sending them places, huh? It's the name of the game. But, um... Yeah, I ain't got really shit else to say. I did an hour. Will I even post this? I don't know. Um, yeah.
good book. Hope I didn't bum anyone out for a little bit. For a little bit. Melancholic right now. But, um, till next time.